Oh, yeah, yeah I know. We're, we're part of a counterculture of golf, just saying we don't like golf. We're not okay with the status quo. It's boring. It's racist. It's sexist. It hasn't evolved. And every club company and clothing company, we're trying to grow the game. No, you're not. You're not doing shit. You're not. No, you guys suck. There's nobody entertaining in the golf industry besides our boy Bryson. And we're like, nah, dude, there's there's a big gap in this industry. It's too uptight and it's boring and people suck. Golf, the golf industry sucks, dick. And you can quote me on that. to the podcast so we are joined by comedian uh podcaster uh amateur journalist uh griff piffin how are we <laughs> griff? how are you i'm good man how you doing this morning over there in toronto i'm not too bad i'm not too bad and yourself you're in la right i am in los angeles right now nice nice yeah so uh it's not too bad the weather is not great not gonna lie we've uh started to hit the like canadian winter a bit too early now for my liking so it's i think currently two degrees or i don't know what that is in fahrenheit like 50 if that so pretty cold here yeah we should learn the metric system but um (laughs) it's it's like learning another language i'm like "Ah, i'm too old i'm not i'm not gonna learn it it's so simple to learn but i'm like nah i'm not i'm just gonna the rest of my life i'm just gonna google or act like i know what temperature you just said and i'll Mm -hmm. never know but I mean, those Canadian winters are just like... It's a I joke. Mean, yeah. I, you know, Canadians are such nice people. Yeah. They're so good and friendly. And I realized over the years, it's because those winters. I'm, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like, you need humanity when it gets that cold. You're just like, hey, you know what? I know I fucking hated you in June, but I, I need your friendship right now. Yeah, so we're sure. going to be really... Oh no, you're you know you don't don't worry, you can borrow my car and uh, I'm sorry about what I said last week, eh? And uh, you know, it's uh we're buddies now. Everything is just water under the bridge. It's fucking cold out here, eh? It's so true. The thing is though, I didn't even I didn't realize how cold it got because I mean Irish weather is like it just it's in the middle. It's never too hot, it's never too cold, it's just constantly in the middle with a lot of rain mixed in. Whereas I came over here and like you know, Irish winters, it would get to maybe minus one, minus two, like lowest ever. And over here, it's like minus 40. I'm like, what the actual <laughs> fuck? Like, that doesn't even compute with me. You know, it just, it makes no sense for the weather to be that cold. <laughs> and, no. people, and people go on with their lives. I was, oh yeah, it's just winter. I'm like, no, this is fucking oh, ridiculous. No. Like, <laughs> you need to get that checked out. This is not just when, this is not okay. For you to just go, yeah, it's just winter. No, no, this is, don't just accept this. No, move no exactly. to it's not acceptable. Yeah, it's not like, so, um, and I, sorry, before we get too carried away, um, I mean, for everyone listening, you know, you're a stand-up comedian, uh, you have your own podcast, the country club adjacent, uh, and, you know, I think you've gotten, um, a lot of like, you know, fame as of late for your, uh, journalism with the long drive people, uh, yeah. which is, I know is where I kind of caught my eye on you a lot was, uh, you know, you, you were <laughs> taking the piss out of Bryce and DeChambeau <laughs> and, you know, a few other people. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just, I suppose from the start, like you, you I su- assume you started in stand up comedy, was it? 
Yeah, I've been doing stand up a little over 10 years in LA and okay. uh and so that this the the golf uh becoming an amateur journalist is uh very recent. So, um <laughs> yeah, you saw those videos from the uh long drive. Yes. Yeah, they were very funny now to be fair. Um I did uh, enjoy them. And not not to like skip ahead or anything cuz I do want to talk about your like stand up comedy and stuff, but even just getting straight down to it. Bryson, what is he actually like? Because I've heard people who've met him in real life said he's an absolute gent. And it seemed like from your interviews, he was up for the banter. I've seen he's been commenting underneath all your videos. So like, he seems like a nice guy. What's he actually like? Nicest guy in the world. Yeah, and, and I'll say this, that. I have, I've lived in Hollywood in LA for 10, over 10 years now. And like, I get to meet celebrities and people and who, for who they really are. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I will meet celebrities and find out that they're total douchebags. And then I'll see someone meet him out in public and take a pic. Like, oh, his son's such a nice guy. And it's like, no, he's not. He he was just being nice for that second. And yeah, for that 10 um, seconds. Like, I, I know when I can smell bullshit when someone's like fake and someone's like genuinely nice or not, like even in that moment. But Bryson is a genuinely nice, good human being. You can't bullshit that. Like, you can be friendly for a minute, and I honestly won't say much about you. Like, if if you're you smile on him, like, yeah, he was friendly in the moment. But Bryson, to put it this way, Bryson in the long drive had what's called sets, where you go smash six drives like a like a caveman, and you go back to the range, and then you come back for another set. So in between sets. He's walking off the rain, the 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 drive, the long drive competition to the driving range, and his Puma Cobra handler is like comes up to me, and goes, "Hey man, no interviews, no media right now." Like puts his hand in front of me, mm. and Bryson stops his handler and goes, "No man, no 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 no, I'm gonna give this guy an interview." Goes out of his way to shut his handler down and give me a stranger. Just some dickhead with that doesn't even know how to hold a microphone and interview. And so, like, I appreciated that. And obviously, my first interview with him, whatever, was super weird. And he was like into it. And I was like, okay, he's he's cool. Like, he's not just some like corporate asshole. He, he like he had fun with me. And then he gave me four more interviews. And then um he eventually was uh allowed us to do these things we could do the back off challenge where we basically roast golfers and try to get them to crack up and back off their shot. And key to us was like, Oh yeah, this is the ultimate back off. We got to get Bryson. He's so competitive. Uh, and he, he took time of his way. And like, he was in the middle of a competition between sets hmm. and we tried to ask him this. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, I've just got like another set. I got to make it to the finals tomorrow, but I, I didn't forget about you guys after we asked him twice. And like he went out of his way to take the time um, when he didn't have to do any of that. So like mm. the guy went way out of his way to give us the time of day. Um, and genuinely, like you can't fake that. Like yeah. he's genuinely not just a nice guy, but a good human being that cares to help others and their careers out. If yeah. that makes sense. So yeah, I'm like, no, 100%, yeah. if, if you weren't, we had a lot of people in the comments in these videos if you weren't a Bryson guy before, right? Because here's the thing. The media is not fair to that guy. Yeah, yeah I would say that. very much so, yeah. No, and, and after meeting him, I was like, oh, they're they're not fair to him at all because he is 
a uh, he says dumb stuff from time to time. But when you're under the microscope, you're gonna say stupid shit. I have a podcast. I say stupid shit. Oh yeah. Three other comedians on the podcast, and they tear me to shreds when I say something stupid. Um, and that's fair game. So, uh, yeah, Bryson's going to say some things that people don't like. But um, after meeting him, I'm like, oh, no, dude, he's honestly the best guy on tour, probably. Yeah, I I think the writer Cup helped him a lot. Um, That pushed him? Yeah. The public opinion of him? Like, oh, we, you know what? He's not a bad guy after all. And then after those videos, like, we made went viral, a lot of people were like, you know what? He's, he gets it. He's not some autistic guy that, like, can't take a joke. Like he gets it after seeing him on the range. Like, no, nah, dude, we we lobbed some hard jokes at this guy, and he goes, "Come on, piss me off!" Like, okay, then yeah. I immediately like, "Let's go, Brooksy!" And, and then he laughed, and then I mean, we went below the belt with this guy for three minutes on jokes, and he loved it. And I was like, "Oh, okay, this dude's this dude is a legend." Like yeah, this yeah, dude you is. Take the banter, like, what, yeah. what would you say in Ireland? What would you say? What what for like legend or like a cool person? What's the term? What I've heard it before. Um, I'd say we'd say like he's an absolute hero. He's go crack. He's like he's he can handle banter well. Like yeah, he crack. Yeah, I love that one. Fun, whatever. Um, yeah, he he he's a hero. He really is. He's he's a legend, dude, and he's he's an absolute athlete too. Yeah, no, I I think like the between the writer cop and even a few of your interviews and even seeing him that he's like reacting underneath in in your comments laughing and stuff at himself, you know, like it's like oh like even you wouldn't even get that with the likes of most golfers, like let let alone this like villain, you know, like of like Bryson. So um, you know, I think he did well after the uh, writer cop and seeing him in in your interviews, he seems like a pretty nice guy. Yeah, he he like followed us, he follows me, and I DM and and just like he he'll take the time out to message me and um like he, he actually follows our stuff and appreciates what we do um and he here's the thing he did like he is uh he's the biggest star in golf like he yeah. doesn't have to take the time out to do any of that or to follow no. us to respond to my messages he doesn't have to do any of that but he does and my god that man is busy i meant it when i said that man has more sponsors than an aa meeting like he really does. Like I don't know, he has time to do anything. Everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he takes the time out to 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 just work with strangers like us. Um, and uh, he just, I mean, huge huge fan of this guy now after all of this. So um, yeah, he he's a cool dude, and we will continue to bust his balls. Yeah, good, good. Um, so yeah, so I suppose going back, so to your I guess stand up comedy career, you said you started about ten years ago. Um, and I saw on your website that you had like, you know, you, you, you've been a starter for the likes of like Chris D'Elia and big names and stuff. So, you know, that didn't age well. I was going to say, yeah, like, you know, gentlemen, I'm actually a huge fan of Chris D'Elia. When that happened, I was gutted. I really was. I really enjoyed his podcast. I'm glad that he's back doing it now. I mean, you know, I'm not going to comment on that sort of stuff, but, um, like, do you feel like in Hollywood that there's now this sort of you you have to be careful about everything you do? Like, is that is that aura kind of there, or is it just like you have to be well, super bad for that to happen to you? Like, I've been out here ten years. I've been out here ten years in LA and Hollywood, and I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen this culture progress, cancel culture, and uh, for lack of a better term, progressive culture. But I mm-hmm. just, like, um. I'm a I'm a very moderate guy, a libertarian. I'm socially pro- progressive, fiscally conservative, and so I don't 
Like I'm, I don't agree politically with a lot of, and then, and I bring up politics because it does come into play. Um, because it, it comes down to like liberal versus conservative culture in America, at least. And, um, I think, uh, when it comes to cancel culture and do you have to be careful and watch what you say? And a lot of comedians are like, you can't say anything now. You can't say anything. I don't buy this. Like you can't do comedy anymore. I'm like, no dude, if you're funny, you can still do comedy. Okay. There's plenty to talk about. Um, just don't be racist, sexist, or be a piece of shit up there. Um, but I'm I also like, hey, freedom of speech. I, I defend Dave Chappelle's new special. You say I whatever you want. I, I was just about to spring that up. I mean, like, and he's at the pinnacle of comedy. You can't take Dave Chappelle down. He's, and he's I'm gonna top. say you, you can't hurt Dave because if you watch that special, they're jokes. He's being so silly that it's like, oh my god, if you're if you're getting mad over the, the silliness, that's the pro you're the problem. Um with with some of these people that get quote unquote canceled or taken down and, and um i've analyzed that and in every case there's some level of justice to it um i'll agree with that like um you were doing something genuinely wrong and the mob if you will the woke mob will try to take you down if you're doing if you slip up and say a bad word or do something dumb i i don't think you're going to get canceled but if you genuinely say something where we can tell oh you're genuinely sexist or you're genuinely racist or you're genuinely homophobic they will try to take your career down because that is a problem um so chris delia from what i understand I and mean, i i'm not gonna get too into it because I, I know certain things but um you know i i think he liked younger women but uh was he uh, i mean i don't i personally don't know was he hooking up with underage woman if he was he's breaking the law but um you know i think part of it was people tried to take him down because he's uh he represents this kind of power dominance of yeah like, he's the dominating he's women and using his power to sexually prey on women and everything um you know and i don't think like being good with women and having a lot of sex in itself is a problem but um i you know from accounts personally hearing about him uh i don't think uh i mean i've dealt with him he was the nicest guy in the world really okay. uh, but a lot of people say he wasn't a great guy okay so to me i try to file that in my brain as well a, a, a guy who wasn't a great guy like eventually will come around to him um but he's slowly bouncing back like louis ck if you yeah. like him or not like louis one of the greatest comics that's ever worked um Louis screwed up. His PR was terrible. He was an idiot about it. Um, uh, but I think I believe people deserve second chances. Like if you're uh -huh. Bill Cosby, no, <laughs> Bill Cosby yeah. need to be yeah. working and doing comedy. But some guys like Louis and uh, and 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 Delia, I think the public is, should. It's ironic. This woke mob's all about having empathy towards people. That's their whole prerogative, and you know. If you stand by that, then give people a second chance. People make mistakes and do stupid shit because they get consumed by power or fame or whatever. Mm -hmm. Put a lot of people in those shoes and they may act the same. So I don't know. I mean, I, I say give people a second chance. Like Louis abused his power and so did Chris D'Elia. But I think a lot of people would abuse their power in that position. So yeah. my thing is empathy and give people a second chance. And people don't like to hear that. But, you know, everyone makes mistakes. And when you make mistakes, you would like empathy yourself. So 
um, that, you know, those are, those are cases, but if you're, if you're Bill Cosby, it's like, you know, I, you know, no, I, yeah, 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 you've, you've gone down too far. Looking at the comedy clubs, and then in terms of uh, obviously true, your stand-up. Who, who do you think was the funniest person you either saw or a person you did a uh, you know a, a, a like warm act for? Like who, who for you was just the funniest person that 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 you came across? Man, I mean, there's been a lot. Uh, I've seen sets where if you don't get Sebastian Maniscalco, I get it. Um, I, I, I could get how someone could be like, I, I don't get it. This is silly. Um, but if you do tap into what he's trying to really do and see him in a live club set, oh, my God, it's 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 a different beast. Hmm. Um, funniest or I mean, I've seen Chris Rock like four times. I've seen a lot of great comics, but Jim Jeffries probably is one of my favorite originally default has changed into there we go uh is my microphone acting weird yeah no no it's fine it's fine okay um so a little over 10 years ago i was watching i'd never done stand-up and i was watching some hbo and then, and then jim jeffries comes on and i'm watching it i'm like whoa what is this is so inspiring and it made me want to do comedy and fast forward 10 years later jim i'm golfing with jim jeffries and doing cool. okay. our podcast and um jim genuinely told do you know who that is by the way i do i do yeah. i do know yeah, he's, yeah. he's big he's big in the uk ireland and canada yeah. you know yeah, they yeah, all yeah. know who he is. so because they appreciate intellectual comedy um so uh jim just in person watching his brain work on the golf course and just quick quick one minute stories it's like god damn it this guy is genius mm-hmm. and on our podcast he just had some hot takes on golf it's like oh, okay this guy is like this guy's just brilliant he's like a classic like artist with you know drinking problem like doesn't like want to try he's just so brilliant and like he doesn't care for the business side of things he's just so brilliant like he his career worked out like you can't do that if you're anybody else like you have to be a business person and really understand business and marketing jim is just so brilliant just the way his brain is wired is just like so wired to be a comedian mm-hmm. and his storytelling is just and i i asked him on the podcast so i was like how are you so good at maybe the best storyteller out of any comedian out there working uk america canada um and he just says it's all about sprinkling jokes and he's like sometimes only 25 percent of my stories are true and i was like oh okay i could just lie about all kinds of things yeah but- just make up funny stories but i mean i i do think you're right though i, I mean even in general, it doesn't, I just think you just have to naturally be good at telling a story. And I don't think that's something you can learn. I think you can learn how to tell a joke. I don't think you can learn how to tell these very funny stories, even if they're hilarious stories. I think yeah, it's, it's good at how you explain it, the way you get your point across that people can actually imagine what you're saying. And in that way, they can envision the funniness of the story. And I think, you know, he's very good at it. Um, to be honest, I know this is, a very left field comedian, but I really like Kevin Hart the way he tells stories. I think he's very good at it. Kevin's all. great. He's a sold out football stadium, soccer. Oh, but see, this, this is, I was going to say, like, you know, do you consider him a, a, a comic or do you think he's just an actor who's funny? No, he's very much, he's a certified stand up and that's how he started. I mean, he yeah. was already a touring headliner and went through the grind like the rest of us. Like some people, to answer your question, um, some people get famous and they become comics after we'll never consider you consider you one of our own. Mm-hmm. 
because one, you never went through the hell grind because it is hell. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't explain. I have had multiple friends commit suicide. Um, like every majority of my friends have addiction problems, including myself at one point. Like, oh God, like I Jesus Christ, I went to Galway, Ireland. I'm not kidding, and got kicked out of three bars on one night. Like that's that. impressive. Like yeah, I mean, if you're getting kicked out of bars in, in, in the Galway, Ireland. Yeah, you got to have a fucking drinking problem. I mean, <laughs> I drank a bottle of Sailor Jerry's and nine holes one time uh, on the golf course. So, I mean, nine that, holes. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. That's that's impressive shit right there. Like I, I make Irish people, you know, look like like fucking nuns. So, um, yeah, I uh, I uh, it, it's it's brutal. And so to really go through that grind to really that humbling process is really to, to me what makes it and these guys that no fault to them like hey, if you want to go be a comedian after then make more money and and love it, it you have every right to but they never went through the grind and also they could just they're famous so they just get to walk into hot crowds that are all there to see them i was gonna and say see this is new- it like yeah this is it they're there to laugh and i'm not gonna name names i think there's a lot of people in the comedy world now and again i'm not gonna say any names but like I just think like Jesus, they're really not funny. And no. it's not just me. It's not like this is just my opinion. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure the comedy I really love, you might might not love. But there's some people I know and I've watched comedy specials and watched yeah. and I'm just it's like bad. I'm it's like comedies, wow, they're not funny. Like comedy that gets yeah, out these days. Terrible. And people are just laughing and clapping, and I'm like this isn't funny though. Like you're just here and laughing, clapping because you love him, and that's fine. But it's like you that know, may have I been edited see. too. They may yeah. have edited that shit. Yeah, editing, yeah that's like true. Openers laughter. Um, you know, Chris Rock said it best. He goes, "If you're famous, they'll give you the first 15 minutes for free, but after that, you got to work." So to a degree, it only. Um, but they didn't have to go to the grind, so they just show up to crowds that are hot in there to see them, the famous guy. And it's like, dude, I had to work crowds like. Uh, Nobody knows who the fuck I am. So I have to be funny. They don't know who I am. And also, like, you know, again, I'm not a stand-up comedy. I've never done it. I would consider myself fairly funny as a person. But my God, would I ever consider standing on stage in front of people? No, Christ, no. And, you know, like, and even still, like, it's, I couldn't even imagine standing on stage in front of, doesn't matter if it's 10 to 100 people and bombing hard as fuck. (laughs) Like, and the thing is, I'm sure you as as a comedian have done that multiple times and you've got yourself up and go back the next night or later on that night and do it all over again. I'm like, yeah, it's, I think it's a lot that people don't understand about stand-up comedy. It's very difficult. It takes a lot of time to really create your sets and your 30 to 40 minute jokes and yeah, it's it's tough. So I, I I definitely can see why people would be frustrated to see these big people who aren't even that funny come in and just all of a sudden have like, you know, two, three, four hundred like, you know, seating capacity places sell out and they're not even fucking funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's gross out here, especially like people from reality TV shows. I'm like, you don't have a joke to save your life. Like there's like, I can do this. I'm like, yeah, you technically can and you can sell more tickets than I can right now. So um. It, yeah, it's interesting. Stand up is is tough because it's it's like this. It'd be a lot like everyone like has a favorite. I'll put it in for an example, maybe uh, for soccer or football. Everyone has friends like that they knew in their group that were the best football players as a kid. Right? They were so talented and incredible. 
they were good enough to go play in university. And then from there, uh, they were really good. And at university, they were the top guy. And then they go play uh, in the pro level. And even then, like, they're just the new guy and have to work their ass off to play at that level. And stand-up is like, I was always the funniest class clown, funniest guy at my college, funniest guy at the fraternity, always everywhere I went by far. And then once you want to take it to, to, to make it as a profession, it is 10,000 times harder. Yeah. Like I naturally was always the funniest guy. So I thought, oh, yeah, this would be easy. But no, I mean, you're talking about making a room full of strangers laugh. You don't know what makes them laugh. You have no idea who these people are or anything about them. You genuinely have to tap into the human condition. And when you're famous, you just get to show up and be famous. And they're like, ah, and you probably didn't write those jokes either. Um, and they often have writers for them. So even if they're not funny, they can pay a writer and look brilliant and be like, wow, this guy's so funny. And it's like, oh, OK, so you don't have to do any of the legwork and yeah. can can do all that. So but that's just the business. Yeah. You know, you can't pull your hair out and do that um, because that's entertainment. It's always been that way. So I'm just like, whatever you do, you. And we're just going to keep roasting people in the golf course until yeah. we have a packed crowd to see us and we don't have to think about it. Well, actually, speaking of that, I know your your pod, your other, you are on a podcast, uh, the Country Club Adjacent. And I'm watching a few of your videos and I know you have videos up on YouTube and stuff. And for anyone listening, it's literally, it's the... It's your it's your six to eight friends who are golfing, don't give a shit about the golf, but you love the banter, you love having a few drinks yeah. while you do it. And it's 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 a great watch. It really is. Um, you know, I think some of your some of your takes on a few of the golfers. Um, uh, I saw you were roasting, you know, some female golfers who are simply on Instagram to get followers and extra money. And you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not that you're hating on it and stuff, but you know, it's pretty funny. Um but like, I assume, like, do you guys play golf a lot then? Like, would you be playing once or twice a week kind of thing or? Yeah, I would say so. But we don't. It's so funny. We're like, we're still poor comedians. So we don't like country clubs are so expensive. here, <laughs> yeah, and we, yeah. so we don't have access. So uh, we play in this little shitty par three course. Um, oh, OK, and, OK. And it's off mats. So it's like like we know our humble roots. We know where we yeah. so we don't people like will DM us like you little trust fund kids like, dude, I don't even have a kitchen in my apartment. <laughs> um, and, and we play off mats at par three courses. We're not like a yeah, so like hundred grand here. So um, we play there a lot. So whenever we get to play a big boy course, we have a blast. Yeah, no, it's anti fair. Like we're we're the same. Like I I played golf a lot when I was younger. Um, my granddad, he, his name is Jimmy Bruin. He was like a kind of a really famous Irish amateur golfer. Um, right. and I suppose it was like, oh, you're Jimmy Bruin's grandson. You must be really good at golf. And, you know, it was like that kind of kept going till I was like 12, 13, 14. And then I played rugby. I went to a rugby school. So it was like one or the other, you know, golf and rugby might be like usually your rugby would be on a Saturday. Sometimes it was on a Sunday and the juniors always played on Sunday morning. So I was like, you know, I kept missing competitions. The people who were my age started getting better and better because, you know, when you hit 15, 16 and you try to get good at a sport, like you play yep. it more often, you go there after school to practice or whatever. And I just think that along with like just that pressure of like, oh, you're like, like, for example, in like my granddad, he's still known as being one of the best golfers ever in Europe. 
he has records for a lot of courses around Ireland and and like the UK. He still holds the records there. He won the British Open for amateurs. He won the Brit- the British Open merit at the actual British Open. Um, he played in the Walker Cup multiple times. Nice. Um, and you know, it's like even people in Canada. I've met people in Canada who are like Bruin, and you're from Ireland. You hardly are any relation to Jimmy Bruin. And I'm like, how the fuck do you even know my granddad? <laughs> um, and it's I don't know. I think to think that pressure was like. It just did I just didn't enjoy it like and now it's kind of like I feel like I'm just turned 30 now I feel like I'm I nearly resent golf now and this is the age where a lot of my friends are starting to get into it and I'm yep. just like it's like I'm trying to fight like that kind of not a demon but you know it's just it's just, it's a lot of that stupid bullshit pressure which I'm sure like you know any sort of famous son or grandson would also feel like joe don't get me wrong if tiger woods's grandson is playing i'm sure everyone would be like oh he must be so good at golf and if right. he's good at golf it's like you know <laughs> like and my entire family play entire family like aunts uncles cousins like mom dad sisters everyone plays i just it just wasn't for me like i as, as much as i enjoy golf from time to time it was frustrating i always played better when i was on a team like sport like rugby or you know football or whatever um and yeah i don't know like it, it does look fun obviously don't get me wrong i go out here with, with my friends they like odd time when i go back to ireland i play i play if we're going to do something like a scramble or you know we're going to like a par three course or we're having fun I, I hate this fucking takes their golf too seriously shit I yeah we're not a, we're a part of this counterculture that's like it's too uptight it is and a hundred percent you know but um yeah i mean it's 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 like nice to see like when it's see like you and your friends and just all like having crack like mocking each other's outfits i think one of one of them i saw was like you were taking talking to your friend does he only own gray was he colorblind or something because he just oh uh, yeah gray, andrew so. uh, yeah but yeah, yeah no, we're, we're part of a counterculture of golf just saying we don't like golf we're not okay with the status quo it's boring it's racist it's sexist it hasn't evolved then every club company and clothing company we're trying to grow the game no you're not you're not doing shit you're not no you guys suck there's nobody entertaining in the golf industry besides our boy bryson Mm-hmm. And we're like, nah, dude, there's there's a big gap in this industry. It's too uptight and it's boring and people suck. Golf, the golf industry sucks dick. And you can quote me on that. They're they're terrible. <laughs> they're terrible. They're the worst. They're just uptight. Like again, and, and the sexism and homophobia. We're like, God, Jesus. Like, this is anybody's game to play. Stop. Mm-hmm. So um, we we're just like, there's no comedian. Okay. Golfers love to laugh, and all, all golfers have a good sense of humor. They're like Irish people or or English people, like everyone off the street has a good sense of humor, in my opinion. Mm. So I was like, no, we, we need to be, we need to bring our skill sets. Uh, you know, it's like I was just doing comedy for Hollywood or just whoever before, like just throwing shit into the ether. Now it's like I now have people like, all right, now I'm doing comedy for you people because you need it. You need it badly. Hollywood doesn't need any more of it, you know, but um, yeah. It, it, that's we we just saw a problem and and mm. we're trying to fix that i mean don't get me wrong david Faraday, who's retired now is is all right he's very dry northern irish sense of humor and by the way i almost fought my uh co-host the other day i was mentioned david Faraday's from northern ireland he's like oh yeah it was, and i had to explain to him that they're two different countries and he was like then he didn't know what he's, he goes no they're not you know i was like oh my fucking god and he just wanted to argue no they're not it's the northern part of ireland and i was like oh my i was like 
was like, dude, if you said that in the wrong bar, you yeah, like, don't say that in like up. in, in <laughs> actual Ireland. Like, well, like, look, I I get it. I mean, you know, it is technically in the same island, but that's like saying Canada and and the yes. U.S. are the same. Like, yeah, they're yeah, they're North America, like, but they're not the same. Man, Canadians are very different people. In the healthcare is very different. Um, yeah. I, I no, I was at, I was in Ireland and I learned the hard way. Like the just just different gestures do not play very well, uh, and people are just ready to fight in Ireland. I was like, God damn! Like people don't know Conor McGregor is like not some character. There are people oh. like that. Oh yeah, like, and the there's, poster there's, child. There's worse people than way Conor worse because I, yeah. I was in Galway, and I was at my hostel, and there's just like this dude that lived there, and is this young guy named Shane. And he took us out to his park drink, and we just, we're just drinking some shitty liquor. We do that gin. a lot, by the way. Like, drink, like, I do that here with my friends, and my Canadian yeah. friends are like, why are we in a park? And I'm like, fun. Why not? I mean, yeah, they, like, uh-huh. why not? Like, but this is our, it is such an Irish thing to do to go to the park drinking. It really is. It's the best. And I was out there, and Shane brings me to all his boys, and I don't know, they're like maybe 20th time, like just high testosterone young men. And I'm just a very friendly Southerner. And when I greet someone, I slap their back kind of thing. Like, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Hard handshake, serious eye contact. It's just how I was raised. And dude, I'm not kidding you. Five of these dudes about jumped me. And Shane's like, no, 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 boys. He's not trying to hurt you. He doesn't know any better. Just, you can't fucking <laughs> just walk up to Irish people and just do that. You can't fucking... You don't know these boys. You can't just slap them on the back like that. It's 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 weird. It seems threatening. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, these dudes almost fought me. And I, I was like, what was that? Oh, my God. It was scary. And I was like, Jesus Christ, Irish people, calm down. I was like, I was just trying to be friendly. But these dudes almost beat my ass in at a bar that night. I just was looking at a dude across the bar and made eye contact. And like he gave me the like, you want to go outside? I was like, God damn it! And then we were in, um, we were in Ennis Moore, and I, I don't know how it happened, but it was like something out of the Lord of the Rings. We're walking through this random forest in the middle of a forest, like through like little little hole in the trees. There's like a bar, and I'm like, what is going on here? This is some fairy tale shit that only in Ireland. And I literally walked by, dude, and he was hammered, and he goes, Hey. Just say something. I was like, no. You sure it doesn't say nothing? I'm like, no. I was like, are you sure? I was like, oh, this guy just wants to fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this yeah, guy just- wanted to just like nothing happened and he wanted something. And I was like, God, Jesus. I was like, that is, but it was, you know, when you travel, that's the excitement of travel, the, mm. the, the, the charm of it. To you, you grew up with that. But to me, I was just like, I was like, guys, what is like, Oh my God! Like, what is? Do we need to bring weed to Ireland? I know that's the thing, and uh, th- this is the funny thing: is like I'm up in Canada here, weed's fully, fully legal, and it's like it's still so fucking taboo back in Ireland. It's unreal. Like, it's unreal. Really? It, oh my God! It's crazy. It, like, like I was like, say, even to my parents, they were like, "Oh, are you heading out with with the lads tonight?" And I was like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Are you having a few drinks?" I was like, "No, we're actually just gonna take edibles and go to the cinema." And they were like, what? And I was like, edibles, like weed. And then go to the, and they were like, oh my God, you're not oh. doing that stuff. And it's because to them, it's like, Joe, that this bullshit of like the gateway drug thing, yeah, which is no. absolute nonsense. But yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, like back in Ireland, it's still fully, fully illegal. Like 
a lot of parents that would be very against it. Um, you know, even though Ireland is probably a great place to grow fucking weed. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but didn't you guys legalize ecstasy so, for a day or something? I don't know. It, it, it's, it's just, I don't know. Like, and again, it's the same thing with all drugs in Ireland. It's, you know, like I think a lot of places in the U S now are like de decriminalizing a lot of stuff. They're, they're legalizing cannabis and they're making shit tons of money off taxes from selling cannabis. Yeah. And I'm just like Irish government, how about you legalize the one thing that has never killed someone can yeah. get all that tax money off the like black market and drug dealers. Like, well, back, you know, like, back to the point, you know, all these people getting hammered and getting in bar fights. Maybe if they're like, oh, I'm going I'm to smoke some weed tonight or something, maybe like that would be better. I mean, it's not great. I live in California, the weed capital of the world. And I, I see it. I don't get me wrong. Like I, I see people get addicted to it. It is, it really is addictive and it is a drug in my opinion, but um, I, you know, I, I see people, you know, overdoing it and everything. But again, I don't see people doing anything horribly destructive. Yes, it does fuck with your ambition or, you know, it, or your it, drive it does fuck with your memory and your psyche and, and your drive, all that. It really does. Um, is There are consequences to it, but better than drinking. And this is the thing. And like people, so many people drink in Ireland to the point of like, you know, like a lot of people die in Ireland from like alcohols. And, 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 you know, thousands every year. Not one person dies. We, here's what happens is what will happen is um, I'm from a very conservative place and they were very anti-weed. Like they'll, they'll throw you in jail for a lifetime for a bag of weed. Like that's happened. And they legalized it medically and everyone I know like is like found a way to get it medically. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've got coma or whatever. Yeah. My dad's very conservative friends are now smoking daily. And I'm like, have they changed? And they're like, not really. And like, they're happier now. And I'm like, yeah, they're not abusing it. Um, it's just like alcohol. Like, you know, if you, exactly. if you have a couple drinks a day, it's fine. But it, you know, if you abuse it, it, it's a problem. If you're predisposed to having an addicting type type of brain, then yeah, probably stay away. But for most people, it's fine. So I think Ireland, once they get medical and everyone smokes it and sees that the world doesn't just like turn into chaos, they'll be like, oh, OK, you know what? It's not that bad. Exactly. Yeah. Similar to what happened in the US, like in Boston or whatever. First, they brought it medically, then they brought it in legally and so forth. Um, yeah, I mean, even like in Canada, like, you know, it's crazy that even still people don't want to like I'd be able to write in a work group chat. I'm going out for drinks tonight. I couldn't write. I'm going to smoke weed tonight. Like, like it's still a bit like, like a, a like a touchy subject. Let's say. Yeah, I would, that's why I would love to. Whenever I go back there to perform, I'm, I need to just rip them a new asshole and be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, chill." And for what the, just for what you've been through with those those douchebags on the other island, I think you you deserve a joint. Come on. Exactly. I agree. It. I agree. Um, okay, sure. Look, we'll do the deep uh, podcast question. So, some of them are like an A or B style question. Some of them will be more of like a who's your favorite team, etc. So, we'll just get started with this is more of a question for Irish people, but I'll ask you anyway tea or coffee? Oh, a coffee addict. I did drink, I've drinking tea once every few years it's just not we don't we're not a tea. yeah that's the thing it's same with over here like i i still ask the question but even anyone i've asked from canada or america just coffee and then oh. even in, ter in terms of coffee would you have iced or regular uh i hate iced coffee i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a i am a an addict of coffee i'm i'm a psychopath about it so but i'll say this 
and uh, and 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 I, I you know, because I'm Celtic, largely, I'm I'm basically a full blood Celtic from uh, Irish, Scottish, Welsh, and Brittany, France, and so I take pride in that. And there's always a little bit of uh, like, uh, I don't know, there's always there's always a little bit of disdain towards the British culture, just a tiny bit, in a more of like a fun way. But I'll say this: I love this tea time thing the British do with those little triple stack trays with the oh, yeah. sandwiches and the clotted cream shit. I've never had it. Afternoon it tea, looks, fucking good. It looks <laughs> so good. I don't know what the hell that is. I'm sure over there it's just whatever you grow up with it. But I'm like, whatever that is, I want to try it. It looks it, cool. It's it literally just you go to you either have it at home or you go to like a like a hotel, and every hotel will have it. Like they'll have, you know, you have breakfast lunch brunch and then before dinner you'll have a two hour three hour period that you can go and get like afternoon tea in certain places and yeah. like you get tea you get like these you know scones. you get like scones with like jam and cream you get some sandwiches then you, then you get like pastries as well so like it would depend on the oh. hotel but yeah that's like the bottom would be like your kind of st- stuff you need first like your, your your sandwiches and your scones and then above that would be like your you know, you're like you're like macaroons or your little pies or little tarts. Oh. Above that, then would be like you're kind of finishing off desserts. And so, yeah, it's fucking good. Like, but um, I am a tea person. I've never drank coffee. Still haven't drank coffee. Never. I've tried it like once or twice. I love the smell of coffee. I don't like the taste. And I've gotten to. I'm now thirty. I don't need it. I have a twin sister who legitimately needs to have a coffee. Yep. Or she can function. Yep. And when I've seen that, I'm like, yeah, maybe I will just skip on the coffee at this stage. But like, you know, like all my friends are like, what the fuck? Like, we love it. And I'm like, I feel like I'm trying to like, I'm being like coerced into joining a cult or something. Like, do you mean, it's yeah, like, it calm your shit. Cult. Like, well, um, I, I want to say a practical tip for your listeners. Uh, and this is crazy. This is something that's happened over the last year that I've, I've come across a video and then started researching. Um, and the first video was by a medical doctor and and, and one was by a psychologist um, and one was by a nutritionist. And so we wake up these people. I got to have my coffee. I can't function right away, right out of bed, got out of their coffee. Well, I know this is going to hurt to hear for some people that's placebo. So your brain right away when you wake up produces a lot of cortisol stress hormone. And when you drink coffee right away, it's actually canceled out. So that's actually placebo and not doing shit. They say to wait 90 minutes. I personally can't. I go 40 to 45 minutes before I have caffeine. And I know it's like, well, what's the point? Like, you know, if I wait that long, I might as well wait till lunch. But just wait 40 plus minutes if you are drinking coffee in the morning. And it will hit so much harder and then so much differently. Like, like that. don't have a coffee inside that because it's largely placebo. So people don't know that. Yeah. And they hate to hear that, but I'm like, just wait 40 minutes and it will make a big difference. I, I think it's it's similar to, I've been starting to like intermittent fasting and stuff. And it's like, it's the same thing of when you wake up, your body goes eat, but you don't actually need to eat. Like if you wait, no. like an, if you wait an hour after you wake up, you're not even remotely hungry. It's actually crazy. Like if you wake up at 8 a.m. and you're like, oh, you have to have a bowl of cereal or whatever, or a bagel. If you wait an hour, by nine o'clock, you will not be hungry at all. Yeah. Like, it's it actually, it's great. I, I assume it's something similar to like that as well. It's just your yeah. mind. Like, Get me coffee now, now, now. But it's actually. You lied to. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Next question. Starter or dessert? 
Star oh starter appetizer? Sorry, appetizer. Ah, okay. Oh, I like that. Starter. That's better. Um uh, I would say in general appetizer, but it depends on the yeah, I would say appetizer. Appetizer. Okay. Uh ski holiday or sun holiday vacation. I mean, being my descent and my pink skin, I don't do well on this. I am designed for Irish weather. Uh, I really am. I've never felt like more at home in coastal Irish weather. Like my skin felt like, oh, this is, oh my God. Like I've been a penguin in the yeah, desert yeah. my whole life. Oh my God. Like I've, it was such a weird feeling of feeling at home for the first time in my life. I was like, yeah, I'm not designed for beaches. I'm designed for this shit weather. Um, uh, no, I, I don't. The idea of skiing right now is like sounds like a lot of effort. Um, right now, I love snowboarding, but uh, no, I mean, I would say a good Mediterranean beach holiday actually, even though right. the sun frightens me. I would say, I that. mean, you could also include a golf holiday in that as well, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I can't golf in the snow, exactly. Um, so who are your teams in terms of basketball, hockey, what, 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 whatever teams you follow? Which ones are your are, are your teams in each in each sport? Um, I'm not really <clears throat> the biggest team guy. You know, I grew up playing individual sports, squash and golf and stuff like that. So um, in fact, for basketball, it's Oklahoma City Thunder because that's where I'm from. Uh, and if I had a hockey team, I'd say the uh, L.A. Kings. Um but uh, yeah, in terms of teams, I mean, I, I just can't really, I, I don't really care that Mike, when it comes to American football, I just don't, I, people start talking about their fantasy football sports and I just fall asleep. I just mm. couldn't give less of a fuck. Like golf, I'll talk golf all day, all day. So, okay, so who are your top three favorite golfers then right now? Obviously Bryson is in there, I assume. Bryson, the GOAT. Um, and, um, let's see here. Who else? I'd say classic Lee Trevino. Lee Trevino. Okay. Because okay. he was such a comedian. Like he would like Lee, Jack Nicholas used to say he was the hardest golfer to play with because he was cracking. I mean, using U.S. Open playoffs, like pulling pranks on Jack Nicholas off the tee box. I mean, like you—they don't make them like that anymore. So Lee Trevino was just like he was a comedian out there and cracked jokes to the crowds under pressure. And um, I appreciated that about him. And wish guys did that, but there's too much money on the line now. Um, so I would, I would say, hell, Hideki is one of my favorites. I'll give him an honorable mention. So yeah, and to, and to be fair, I have I have another uh, podcast with two of my friends that we do like a, a golf betting podcast. Nice. Um, so I actually bet on Hideki this week. So he's he's leading currently, hoping he can uh, he can stay in there tonight. So yeah, the crowd. By the way, I love the Japanese crowds. Like just the way they react to good shots is different, and it's awesome. They're just like so much more excited about it like impressed and i'm like oh that's awesome like i want to play golf in front of japanese people yeah or if, if it, it, you know either that or interview them when they don't speak english that's the most that would be pretty funny yeah that would be pretty <laughs> funny um, there's a guy that plays for the blue jays apparently a japanese dude that played for the blue jays for a long time oh i don't remember his name but someone was telling me watch interviews with him because he doesn't speak english but he was fully committed to the interviews I, if, I don't know. Maybe you could ask somebody there. Somebody would know, but there's a, there's yeah. a dude, somebody told me that I need to look up. 
that's the thing I have to say now, like from my own point of view, I do, I, I, I like watching basketball. I'm not the biggest basketball fan. Um, I moved here a year before the Raptors won, which was fucking sick. Like to be in a city that you win something, especially yeah. it be, being the first time they ever won it um, was really cool. Um, but baseball, I don't mean any offense to anyone listening to this who loves baseball. It's boring as shit. It's the worst fucking professional sport. It's so shit. Like cricket, come on, cricket's worse. Cricket is cricket's better. T20 cricket is better than baseball. Test cricket that is over like a day or two is the fucking worst. I yeah, that's what I didn't know there was a different one. I'm thinking of the one so that takes five days. T20 is basically an hour. And you have an hour to get as much points as possible. So people just absolutely that's better. Every, it's and it's good. And then you get to one team gets to a hundred, and the next team knows they have to get to hundred and one to win. And if it gets to like ten minutes left, they just start fucking haul ass and t- like trying to get sixes. So um, cricket's actually not bad. I think it has a bad rep, but I mean, I just think baseball is so shit. Um, I, I sat in the owner's suite at, a Yan- at Yankee Stadium to watch a game, which people would kill to be up there. And I was like, this is still so boring. To me. <laughs> I, like, I'm, I'm so privileged right now. And I just could not. I would I would rather be like at the driving range watching one of my favorite golfers and being here. Yeah, 100%. Um, if you could only play one sport for the rest of your life, what would it be? Golf, clearly. And if you could only watch one sport for the rest of your life, would it also be golf? Golf. Fair, fair. Um, what is the first thing or where is the first place you want to go to when all of this COVID stuff is totally done? I mean, we've traveled a lot in the last year, but like, uh, uh, like another country? Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. Like when there's no restrictions, mask wearing, nuisances like that, that you can just, is there anywhere that you really want to go to whenever COVID's over? Yeah, I think we're planning a trip to Japan, a big golf trip oh, to film content there. Um, and that'll be, I mean, that'll be incredible, but we've got a lot of fun stuff and ideas lined up there. Hopefully meet with Taiga again, the long drive guy. Um, yeah, I, I would say it has to be Japan because the food there alone, I'll gain 20 pounds, uh, hands down. There's no way. Um, but, yeah, there's the culture and, you know, the richness of the culture and um, golfing there. So, yeah, 100% Japan. That's good. Okay, so what is the best Netflix series you've watched during COVID? Yeah, there's been a lot. So we're talking... We're talking all the way back to Tiger King. <laughs> Throughout all that, you would have had. That was from Oklahoma. I actually went to the. Really? Uh, yeah. The, uh, the the zoo, GW Zoo, when I was a kid. We did a drive through version. You went to his version. zoo? Yeah, when I was a kid. When we went no to a drive through version because my dad was too cheap. Because um, that was in Oklahoma. Um, oh, man. Best. Then you had like, then you had, you would have had like the last dance came out as well. Like there were some really good ones during, during, during Netflix or sorry, during COVID. I mean, that like came onto Netflix. Um, fuck man. That's tough. <laughs> Weirdly enough. I'm, I love anime. So, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm blanking out because I haven't watched TV in a while. Um, God, what? Uh, I love anything with David Attenborough. I love there was there was a, a huge fan of him. Um, 
there's one called Life in Color that he did. And yeah. It was just about the different colors of animals and nature and why those colors are actually used for survival and evolution. I thought that was a really interesting one. Um, yeah, that was good. The Planet Planet Earth as well came out. Wasn't that one was amazing. That, was that one well. took like 10 years to make. And I don't even know how they made it. Um, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. That's just like blows your mind how they even made it. Um, <clears throat> I'm just trying to think. There's one over Bob Ross that just ruined Bob Ross for me. Um, <laughs> it was, it's so sad. I'm like, God damn it. Those are not happy paintings anymore. No. Um, not. Yeah, I I would. Uh, I know there were some animes that I loved, but I can't think right now. I don't get too into it or think too much. I just kind of it's passing the time, and like cause yeah. now I can't even now I can't even think. Uh, oh, that's fair know. enough. That's fair enough. Um, <laughs> you know? That's right. Um, who, who's the best gig or act you've ever seen live? So in terms of music, music, yeah. Um, best band, best singer. Coldplay puts on a hell of a show, and I don't care if people want to fight me because they think they're crappy or whatever, but no, Coldplay, especially the early stuff, um, they're good. U2 was solid. Yeah. Um, and he, I guess they've they've stayed in Dublin their whole career, which is impressive. Yeah, well, I mean, they got um, tax immunity from the government. So, what? So, yeah, they don't pay tax. <laughs> what the fuck? That is messed up, but dude, whatever. I mean, uh, that's crazy. I, mean, I, know, probably... and like, I know, I have to say, apparently Bono does pay some of his taxes. He doesn't have to, but definitely doesn't pay a lot of it, yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. yeah no, uh... he, he, that, that cancels out a lot of his lyrics then. Um, uh, yeah, they were solid. Um, Coldplay, uh, who else have I seen that is just amazing? There's a group called Above and Beyond. Um, yeah, I know them. Yeah, I know about they're them. fantastic. I, I saw them at uh, I saw them at, at uh, Ultra Europe like six or seven years ago. They were sick. There, they put on a hell of a show. So, I, I would say they're up there. Okay. Um, What's the best sporting event you've ever been to? Have you ever been to any any of the golf majors? I've been to Mr. Olympia. Um, okay. I have been to several golf tournaments. Uh, I've been to, obviously, a Yankees game, um, basketball game. Courtside at an NBA game was pretty awesome. That's cool. Um, Pro tennis. Uh, I want to go to an F one race. That's that's Formula yeah. One's like top of my list somewhere in Europe. But um, I would say watching at Riviera, watching Tiger and all the pros tee off, and like somehow we got lucky and got these dope seats in Grey Goose, the tent, and we watched Phil block a drive to the right of the green on eighteen at Riviera and. Phil Mickelson just walks up and hits this flop shot over like a 50 foot gray goose tent in a crowd to like 12 I, feet. And made I, the actually, I actually remember that shot. I yeah. Actually, we were right there in the tent and he was, he was literally right below me. Like I could like pour water on him. He, that's how close we were. And to watch. And it's, it's in his like highlight reel of his greatest flop shots, but to watch that in person was like the master of flop. Is because he goes to the British Open and is the only guy that hits flop shots. Like nobody's trained to do that in British link styles or or, or Irish courses. You just don't do that over there. It's, it's bump and run, and he does that. And I'm like, yeah, to watch him hit a flop over that tent and not even think twice about it was like, oh, that was that was so cool. 
to be fair, he does have to be the best flop shot player of all time. It's not ever, ever. ever. Tiger's up there, but and Jordan Spee's up there, but no, nah, Tiger. I mean, Phil is just like something, something special about that guy. Yeah, to be fair, Jordan's one at the Raider Cup when he was down that fucking cliff. That was that was cool. That was ridiculous. Um, and, and they still lost that match. Yeah, I know, right? I think, yeah, I think. I, I went to the Ryder Cup um, when it was in Ireland at the uh, K Club. I think it was 2006. Oh, how much of a shit show was that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about that one. Are you talking about the current one? We, we, we just. Well, the current one, I got to say, American fans were the worst. We were just so bad. Um, but you have to say, I have to say, and I'm not trying to shit on American fans. I think the European fans really are, are good, and having the clash of the fans is good. And we didn't have that because. Um, you can't get into America at the moment from from Europe. So, like, I know there was still a oh, few. Yeah, oh, so people didn't know. That's why. That's people not, didn't know that. that yeah. Weird. So, at the moment, you cannot travel from Ireland or England or anywhere oh, directly into the US. You have, you have to go via Canada or via Mexico, and you have to be there for two weeks, and then you can come in from those countries. But it's a mess. So that's not of, fair. Yeah. So a lot of the European fans couldn't actually get in, and that was the issue. Um, but I mean, as a writer cop, you know, we, we, we discussed this on my, on my other podcast, like it's fuck. Like if Europe don't pull out the finger, it's going to be domination for the next 10, 15 years, really. Um, like, you know, that team is insanely young. Take out DJ out of that team. And it's like fucking average age, like 25 or something's dumb. So like, um, yeah, you had a bunch of grandpas on your team. That was a bunch. Problem. And like, I, I think it's like, look, up to this point, picking those people have worked. Um, it really has worked. It's just, it's just no longer going to fly. Like you have nine of the top 11 players were on the fucking U- US team. Like that's, you're not beating that. I don't, I, I, and like, the, no. like the, the, the Raider Cup isn't an on paper tournament, but my God, it really looked that way. This one that just passed. Like it was like, oh yeah. Obviously, the US blew us out. Like, obviously. And that was the first time that it's really been like, oh, fuck. Like, what we used to do now won't work. Having these one or two grandpa anchors on your team isn't going to fly anymore. Um, And if you don't have people like Ram and Rory really taking, which Ram, I think, played very well. He fucking was just tired from carrying the entire team. (laughs) Back hurt. Rory's bad. Rory fully shot the bed and I, I I went in on my other podcast about Rory. I, I'm sick of him. I'm sick of his fucking shitty attitude. I'm sick of his wasted talent. Um, <laughs> and then he goes and wins last week. So he made me look very, very no, God damn it. Never mind. Well, I, what I do like about him, I appreciate it in the Olympics, how he played for Ireland. I appreciated that. Yeah, I mean, he always like, he, he, he's, he's always, he always grew up on the Irish team. He, he, from from a very very uh, youth level, he played with Ireland. He didn't play with the UK. And fuck, if he if he dared play with Team GB, I think he would never have been able to come back home. To be honest with you, so really, yeah, yeah, like not that bad. But I mean, somebody somebody would 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 he would have, have been shot on quite heavily. Yeah, he would have been shot on quite. Yeah, heavily. like in Dublin. Do you think walking around Dublin, he would have gotten some nasty comments? Yeah, like again, I think people people do like idolize him a lot in Ireland, and it's not like that would have stopped. But yeah, like 
people would have been like, fuck you, like fucking trader, like going to the fucking team GB to get better resources and a better chance of winning. And that would have been fine. But yeah, people definitely would have taken it badly. Definitely. Definitely. Like, it's happened with our, you know, there's been um, Irish soccer players that from a youth level, they were good. And then they started, you know, getting better and better and better. And even though they are technically, let's say, English, they would have played with Ireland, which a lot of the B players would have played for Ireland because they weren't good enough for the English team, would have played with us at a, at a at a youth age, like Jack Grealish and Declan Rice. And then they go to England, get better, get better. And then they change allegiance from Ireland to England to get into their senior team. And that's just like, from that point, then you're just, you're just dead to us. Yep. That's fair. That's fair game. Um, okay, so then last question I have is, what is the worst date you've ever been on? Um, I would say, uh, I went on a date and started to really like this girl, and okay. she was amazing, beautiful, great conversation. And then, like, I don't know, three hours into this date. It just kept going because we were having so much fun. She was like, oh, I'm polyamorous and have a I have a boy I have two boyfriends. And I was like, God, damn. oh, so that's and someone look, who that's someone who could have multiple relationships. Is, 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 yeah. Is, and look, some people with a small percentage of the population is wired for that. I, I don't I'm nothing against <laughs> it. I'm like, you're mentally unstable. But um, I, it just happens to me that most people that are poly are mentally unstable, but it's not connected. But um. I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was like, oh, Jesus. And to her, it was like, yeah, what? I'm just, you know, I'm like, oh, God, I really liked this girl. Like, I, I was almost starting to fall in love with her on a first date. And then it was like, oh, you have two other boyfriends. Uh, I'm not sorry. I'm a monogamy dude. So yeah. that, uh, that was, that was just that, that was, it was just like, I don't know when you think like something good's going to happen in life and then you get a letter I'm like, nope, sorry, you've been denied or something. I don't know. Like it, it was just like, it, mm, it sucked. Yeah. You finally thought you found like a, a good, nice girl. And then it was just a swift kicking the ball. It was like just swift straight, kicking yeah. the ball. So it was like, Oh damn it. So yeah, there was that, but some guys would be like, Oh, cool dude. So we <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have jumped yeah, on Some dudes train, would yeah. look at it that way in my, uh, whatever, you know, but, um, yeah, I was like, oh, oh, all right. Yeah, I knew this was too good to be true, and it was. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but look, anyway, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, coming on. I really appreciate you coming on, having a chat. Um, you know, for uh, really appreciate it. For anyone who wants to follow yourself or your podcast or whatever, do you want to maybe give some out some links, some, you know, I, I, I yeah. know a, a, a web page as well and stuff. At Griff Pippin on everything. G-R-I-F-F-P-I-P-P-I-N on everything and then our podcast is country club adjacent perfect perfect well look thanks again man for coming on i really really appreciate it and i'm sure i'll probably have you on again soon yes sir have a great day thanks man you too cheers